Hello, I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, spirituality, wealth, and self-development. Join me in exploring paths to health sovereignty, freedom, and ultimate well-being with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the revolution. Hello, hello, beautiful ones. I am so excited you've tuned in today. I have an amazing episode for you. Dr. Katie Rose is back. We have a profoundly transformative conversation that every woman can benefit from. When we recorded our first interview a few months ago titled Overcoming Fertility Challenges, Dr. Katie and I both felt that there was more to be said about women's health that often isn't addressed by practitioners, especially when it comes to our reproductive health, our fertility, and our overall well-being. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend checking it out. And we both agreed that a part two was in order because this information is so vital when it comes to addressing the root of what may be a source of disharmony in the body. So here we are, part two, and it is epic. Dr. Katie Rose is a licensed naturopathic physician and fertility coach who has helped hundreds overcome infertility. Her unique three-step method to support the body, mind, and spirit has allowed her clients to conceive despite years of unexplained infertility, failed IVF treatments, PCOS, Hashimoto's, endometriosis, and recurrent pregnancy losses. So in this episode, we talk about that. We talk about the nervous system and how we can help balance it for fertility, as well as addressing PCOS and autoimmune disease. And then what even is our nervous system? We go into that as well. And the very common thing that contributes to PMS and fertility issues that you may not have really thought about, how toxic positivity affects the body. We also address perfectionism and we talk about how to help heal it and how to tap into your authenticity for your well-being and for fertility. A few updates before we dive into the show. As many of you know, I am deep in wedding planning mode. We are getting so close. There is still so much to do. We just booked our honeymoon, so stay tuned for lots of content coming to you from Italia. Between the wedding dress fittings, the hunt for centerpieces, planning our honeymoon, I am in study mode. I'm currently in the midst of image consulting school as a deeper layer of biohack your beauty that I'm extremely excited to offer. So this has been years and years in the making for me. And if you're not familiar, image consulting focuses on cultivating your personal brand by helping you develop your personal style, one that aligns with your unique personality, your dreams, goals, and your lifestyle. So my image consulting involves providing guidance on dressing for your body type, analyzing the best colors for your clothing, your makeup, your hair, clean skincare and makeup techniques, ways to help you enhance your natural features and support you in becoming more visible 
on social media and in your sphere of influence. In addition, we work on assessing and maintaining a healthy lifestyle with nutrition and biohacking support for a holistic and authentic image for your personal brand. So there are many of you out there who have incredible gifts, strengths, dreams, and yet you're struggling with how to confidently present yourself to the world in a way that feels soul aligned and fun and beautiful and true to you. So that is my mission to help every one of you who wants to be out there but is scared to be seen. If you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes or you can head to my Instagram at Dora Vandekamp. Okay, my loves, on to the show. Hello, Dr. Katie. How are you today? I'm good, Dora. How are you? I am good. Welcome back. Oh, it's so good to be back. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. Me too. This is going to be so wonderful. And we're going to dive into something. Oh my gosh. I feel like maybe every single person listening can resonate with this topic, can relate to this. So we're going to dive deep into something really powerful today. You are a doctor that works with fertility. You work with IVF treatments that failed. You also work with Hashimoto's, endometriosis, and recurring pregnancy losses. So these are all really deeply emotional topics. And I want to dive into some of the things that relate to these topics. And today we're really going to be diving into the nervous system and authenticity. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can just start talking about the nervous system and how this relates to this broad array of topics that many women experience. Yeah. So the nervous system is comprised of, of course, our brain, our brainstem, our spinal cord, and all of the nerves that come off of the brain and the spinal cord. And they innervate all of our vital organs and our muscles. And it's it's responsible for all of these unconscious processes in the body, like our heart beating and our lungs continuing to breathe even while we're sleeping and the digestion of our food occurring without us having to think about it. And ovulation, we're going to throw in there too, because we can't be consciously aware of like, oh, I'm going to tell myself to ovulate today. It doesn't really work that way, right? Like all of this is actually starting with this command center within our nervous system. So Every system in the body is affected by the nervous system, and this is where it becomes kind of difficult when someone is dealing with, say, a digestive issue or a reproductive health issue is they seek care for that system, and maybe they're seeing a specialist for that system, but that specialist isn't integrating this idea that, oh, the command center is ultimately running the show here. So if we're not addressing stuff that's going on within the nervous system, so stress is probably the word that most people can relate to the most, then we're not going to get the best results of these treatments. And then it becomes really frustrating because people start to believe like, oh, I've tried everything. You know, I've, I've already done IUI. I've done IVF. I've 
changed my diet. I've done everything I could possibly do, but it's like, well, has anyone really assessed and nourished your nervous system yet? And what does that even mean to address the nervous system beyond just acknowledging like, yeah, of course I'm stressed. Yeah. What actually creates stress in the body and creates conflict between the nervous system and the rest of our body, or even within the nervous system, we have the conscious and the unconscious. Mm. And it's it's all connected. It's all connected. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I know. I feel like that is like the umbrella topic. I mean, of our episode so far, and also of the podcast, that is really that we are everything is holistic. It's working together, and and so when we talk about the nervous system, when I think it's so hard for us, especially because many of us haven't studied the body in depth what does the nervous system really look like? Like, what does that look like in the body? Yeah. So each, so we we have our brain. I think people are pretty familiar with like this, this kind of mushy organ that lives within our skull. And the brain is made up of neurons and neurons are the cell within the nervous system that communicates with the other cells. So each neuron is going to have a synapse in between it and the next neuron next to it. And they can have synapses between multiple neurons and it creates this network. And every time we have a thought, a signal is sent from one neuron to the next. And then the process that occurs within the body is that eventually at the end of a chain of neurons, there will be a chemical released at another cell site that will create a cellular signal. And then that determines how that cell is going to function. So like when we think about like, okay, I'm going to get up and go get a drink of water. It's like, well, eventually like your muscles are going to have to move your body to go get that drink of water. But it started with the thought. And so this whole chain is all communicating with each other all the time. So the neurons are the smallest part of that nervous system. And we can kind of visualize what the brain is doing, but it's like, what is happening inside that brain? It all starts with a thought and our thoughts are powerful. And I think this is where people, um, you know, don't realize maybe how much influence our thoughts can have it made me don't believe that that's possible. And knowing that you know, we're, we're operating about 90 to 95% of the time in this unconscious space, not even being aware of what our thoughts are doing, we're missing a huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to healing. Wow. How fascinating is that? And it makes it really easy to see how something like ovulation would be affected right? If we're just illustrating, if I'm going to go get it, if I want to, even now, like I have my water bottle, if I want to grab a sip of water, it starts with like, Ooh, I want a sip of water. I'm thirsty. This feels good. Right. And, and so it's so fascinating to think of how the mind is so influential in not only the actions that we do consciously, but also the subconscious actions, the actions that our body does naturally, even breathing, right? Like it's all such a system. It is a system. And, and really if we have what are considered like the four bodies, we have the physical body, 
we're all pretty aware of that. You know, that's like our sensations. It's like the form, the function. We have the mental body here, which we've started talking about, which is like our thoughts, our beliefs, our judgments, our prejudices. We have the emotional body. This is like our feelings. This is how we respond. Then we have our spiritual body. And this has nothing to do with religion per se. This is more of like your relationship to yourself, your connection to other, whether that's God, universe, angels, guides, even if you don't have that specific belief system, like that energy that you carry with yourself, with your relationship to the earth and the physical body is given the most attention in our Western health world, um, with a, maybe a little emphasis now on the mental body, you know, we're at least starting to release some stigma around like mental health issues, but the mental body is still really important, uh, because everything starts with a thought. And then the emotional body is like the bridge between the mental and the physical and the spiritual body is like what encompasses everything. Like, why are we here? What is our purpose? What is our connection to others? And that this is probably the one that's like the biggest missing chunk in our modern world, followed by the emotional piece. Like people just have become very disconnected to how they're actually feeling, how those feelings might be processed, what happens in the body when we don't process a feeling. And that's, that's part of why I wanted to have this conversation is because when we're not paying attention to one of these areas, whether it's unconscious or consciously, that's inauthenticity. And it's very hard to heal when we're not in alignment and we're not like being fully authentic. Hmm. So, so what happens in the body when we are not processing these feelings, when we're not feeling these feelings? Yeah. So I've always described it as like, we, we kind of tuck it away. We shove it in a box, depending on how much we didn't want to feel that feeling in the first place, we might tape that box up really tight. We might put some full armor around that. and it starts to fester you know it creates this literal block between other things that we want to have happening in our world and if we leave it for too long and we decide that it's not worth looking at then we start to see some physical symptoms as a result of that so traditional chinese medicine which is where i have a background in is very good at explaining this in the sense that each of the organ systems has an associated emotion, almost like a shadow emotion and like a more desirable state. So the liver and anger are highly associated with each other. So in traditional Chinese medicine, the theory is that if someone has unprocessed anger and that creates liver chi stagnation, so stuck energy in the liver, then we're more likely to see symptoms like irritability, PMS, breast tenderness, painful periods, blood clotting in the periods. And like, I, I so rarely see a new patient in practice who's struggling with menstrual health, who doesn't have something going on in those categories. Mm. So fascinating. And even when it comes to the the diseases that we have in our modern culture, right? Like the the cancers. And of course it's, it's a complex thing. Yes. It's multi-layered, it's nuanced, 
And if we think of those emotions, there's so many of them that um, are suppressed, right? And even desire, pleasure, sexuality, these, yes. the suppression of those emotions are also really represented in the types of cancers and uh, diseases that we see in our modern culture. Yeah. It, it's the suppression of self, right? Like when you have not been allowed to fully be yourself and express yourself, there's going to be a lot of emotions that come along with that, whether it's sadness, guilt, shame, fear, anger, hurt, that in and of itself is really important to acknowledge because we're, we're living in a time when I think allowing people to be truly authentically themselves is maybe the most important time in history to allow mm-hmm. that to happen and to allow for full healing and for the full spectrum of the human experience to exist. And when it comes to spirituality, because I really want to dive into the authenticity piece, but I want to touch on this before we do, how does spirituality then tie into that stress, that nervous system. Yeah. When people don't feel connected to both themselves, to other humans around them, to the earth, not only do we start to see more mental, emotional symptoms like depression and anxiety, but it can manifest with physical symptoms because our behaviors change. If we don't believe we have a purpose, then it's really hard to even do like very basic activities and habits like flossing your teeth. And I've seen this play out with patients. And even one of my mentors who, you know, is this amazingly beautiful, powerful human, but she had to do a lot of healing to come to a place of feeling authentic. She described like at her peak of depression, when she was having suicidal ideations, like she could not floss her teeth because it's like, why bother? I'm not going to be here for very long. So if you don't have a sense of purpose, whether you believe in God or not, like that's not what spirituality is. It's just believing that we are not alone here on this planet as humans. Like we have each other, even though we have a lot of different human experiences, we're not all that different from each other. Mm. Believing that our earth was put here to be in harmony with and having gratitude for the earth and what it provides for us and being able to take and give back to it. This, this is a different layer of spirituality. I think isn't being discussed a whole lot right now. Mm, I love that so much. I resonate very much with that as well, because I really believe that we are of the earth. Like we are part of the earth's ecosystem of the harmony you know, that, that brings everything into that perfect song. And I really see a disharmony because we're so disconnected. And I I think it's actually a fascinating tie-in to the topic of fertility and birth, because the disconnection that we have from nature, which is so drastic from even a hundred years ago it's created a lot of fear around nature. So even things Mm. like animals and bugs and, and plants, I mean, we're so uh, disconnected that we don't know these, these, the beauty of it. And so we're, we fear it, right. Because we fear what we don't know. Yeah. 
And we also are very disconnected from the cycle of life and death. So we're very afraid of death and we're very afraid of birth. We've really outsourced all of that. And it's created so much. I mean, if we talk about stress, if we talk about fear, it's really wild to see that we are so unfamiliar with birth and death. It's been like, it's like this foreign thing that we're actually, we've been so connected to and, and, and practicing and doing for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Millennia. It's like, it's, yeah. this, this is from the beginning of time and you're so right. I mean, this part of fertility is really honoring life cycles, starting with the, the smallest cycle, like your cell cycles, your ovulation cycles, but extending that outward into how am I connected to the earth cycles, the moon cycles, the season cycles, and beyond that, the cycle of life is really powerful to think about. It is. It is. And so then when we think of authenticity, what is it about authenticity that is so important and so powerful when it comes to fertility and really our reproductive health and health as women in general? So I think the best example I can start with is a lot of my initial conversations with clients go something like, well, I know I should just be positive all the time. And toxic positivity is one of those layers of inauthenticity that can create conflict in the body. So when you're going around saying, oh, I believe that this is the cycle I'm going to get pregnant. And like, you don't fully believe that then we're creating some layer of stress in the body. We're creating more conflict than if you just said, you know what, I'm feeling really down about this. Like, can I be, can I be honest? Like this feels really stressful for me and I need different resources for this versus just putting up this front. And like, we've been conditioned to put up the front because we're told like, oh, it's not ladylike to, you know, complain about things or like, oh, don't talk about that at the dinner table. Like, uh, and, and so just going like, oh, everything's great. It's like, you know, it's a way to just like get through the day, get through the dinner party when that, that might not feel true for you. Mm-hmm. It's even using things like positive affirmations. Like there's nothing wrong with a positive affirmation unless it's so far away from where you truly are that you're creating discord in the body. Mm -hmm. So I, I use affirmations, but I base them on where my clients actually are. Like if you're actually way down here in the gutter and someone's just saying like, Oh, you should just use this positive affirmation that I use. It felt so good to say like, I believe that my body can have a baby when you've had six miscarriages, we need to bridge that somehow. And we need different resources for someone who's had that experience. Mm. So we can't just expect people to, you know, bridge this on their own. Sometimes like we, 
we often need help doing this when we're in our own like hole (laughs) and we get tunnel vision and we have a lot of trouble like seeing the greater perspective and being objective about something. So that is the biggest example that I could use about inauthenticity is just like when we say something that doesn't actually feel true for us. And that's a big one. It's a huge one. It's interesting. I was having this conversation yesterday with another guest about how we have a very kind of skewed understanding of spirituality because we kind of just consume pieces here and there. And a lot of it can come from like social media or Google. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our ancestors, they grew up and were taught these systems of spirituality, whether it was a religion or a belief system. And they dedicated like a lot of their uh, lifetime learning this and, and cultivating the rituals that went along with it. And, and when you talk about something like yoga, I mean, people devoted their lives to learning this practice and the art of this. And we live in such a different society where we kind of just pick and choose things. And so even something like the law of attraction, which can be a really beautiful tool for creating a beautiful life, it kind of gets really skewed. And there's so much information that's missing when it comes to something like positive affirmations or you know, speaking your vision into reality, there's so much more to it than just like you said, just saying something and actually feeling really out of alignment. And it's, it's, it's cool that we're bringing this up because I feel like so many people struggle with this. They are just discovering their voice, they're discovering their power. And yet they feel like they cannot say anything because they're afraid that they're going to manifest it into reality. And so now this throat chakra that they've been already suppressing for centuries, we're doing a whole different version of it, but it's the same, same crap again in this lifetime. Yeah. So it's, it's funny that you talk about like, you know, not feeling safe to step into your power because this was a realization that I had about myself. And um, I don't know how much this has to do with fertility, but it could be a really powerful story for someone else to hear. So at this seven day training in hypnosis and quantum time technique and neuro-linguistic programming, we're processing a lot of stuff of our own as we go along. And after we had cleared what are considered the big six emotions, you know, you're, you're feeling pretty raw. You're feeling kind of brain scrambled and yet really light and free to explore what other limitations you may have been playing with your entire life or lifetimes. And at some point during the training, I had this realization. I mean, it hit me literally like a ton of bricks. I can't even describe like this, like boom, like right into my chest. I was like, I am afraid of my own power. And what is, what have I made that mean? Like, where has that shown up in how I show up in the world and how I talk about the services I provide or 
talk about the experiences that I've had that like, ooh, that's cringy. No one wants to hear that. But like, what if it could help someone? And I've been afraid of that power. Where did that come from? And when I had one of my fellow trainees do a quantum time technique exercise on me to discover like, where did that belief come from? It came from an experience during birth that like was so, it's so subconscious, right? I don't consciously remember being born. And yet that is when it happened. That's what my subconscious had glommed onto as it is not safe to step into your power because it means X, Y, Z. And how many experiences have people had as children or even in the womb or even ancestrally that, you know, these beliefs, these decisions that we've made about ourselves aren't even ours and we're holding on to, and then it feeds into the beliefs we have later on too. And so these big beliefs when it comes to fertility, like I'm not worthy of being a mother, is that actually yours or did that come from someone long before you? And just bringing some awareness to that and knowing that there are tools to process these is really powerful. It's so fascinating that you bring that up because I've been having these realizations lately as well. And one of, one of my challenges is perfectionism. And I feel like so many of us, especially in this generation, I think the younger generation is really, man, they're killing it. Like they (laughs) are just on social media. They really just put information and, and content out and they're not really as concerned about it. And the older generation, you know, they, they kind of are like, whatever, but there's this generation that we're in where we are so, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but kind of just a general, um, you know, take on this is that we really do want everything to be perfect before we step into our power, before we become visible, before we do the thing, the big thing, we want everything to be perfect and have all of our ducks in a row. And it's so fascinating to think about this. Like, what is this really about? Is it that you want to be perfect or do you have to build this facade so that people don't see the real you? Right. And so it's this really fascinating thing to talk about that. What is it that we are believing is, is benefiting us, but actually it's holding us back. It's holding us back from, from self-expression of, of releasing, right? Like the egg, like there's so many things that our body doesn't feel safe to do, but is it really because it's unsafe or is there something else behind that? Sometimes it's both, right? Like we, we have to understand that everyone is going to have their own individual experience with um, traumas. It doesn't always have to be capital T trauma either, right? Like that little things that subjectively feel traumatic uh, can accumulate and create our personality responses. Um, perfectionism is a really interesting one, though, because it is a shield of some sort. And whether it's because you consciously feel like this is unsafe, like if you grew up in a household where if you didn't come home with 100% on your homework, you got whipped, like, okay, you use that perfectionism to save your butt literally. And you did what you had to do with the resources you had. Like we're all just doing our best at any given moment with the resources we have. So we can 
be compassionate with ourselves about <laughs> it and get curious because sometimes perfectionism is like this old, like, where did that come from? Like, like I certainly struggled with it, still struggling, like I'm, I'm recovering as a perfectionist, <laughs> but like my mom could have cared less what I did on my homework. For some reason, I created a story that mm. I had to get straight A's. I don't know exactly where that came from. No one in my family would have given a hoot like that. That was never a thing that was wrapped up in self-worth in our household. However, when we went back using these tools to find out like, where did that decision come from? It, they may seem like the memory your subconscious brings you to is like, what, that was it. That seemed like nothing. Yeah. And yet through the filters that our mind uses, we will distort or delete information in such a way to make sense of it. Yeah. And so I, I had a huge question mark for myself of like, am I a perfectionist? Is that a trauma response? Is my whole personality a trauma response? Like, who am I? <laughs> I know. I, I, I totally resonate with that. And I bet like, it's such a question, right? It's like, am I even like where, what parts of me are actually me and what parts of me are taken on? you know, from the past, from my parents, from my ancestors, from these experiences, from these traumas, big T, small T. And do you feel like it is important for us to know, or can we move forward without actually knowing what that thing was? We can move forward without knowing what that thing was. Now, sometimes if someone has a repetitive pattern, they're like, I just, for whatever reason, like, I think weight loss is a great example because you'll have people who like gain and lose the same 20 pounds for 20 years. And it's like, well, what pattern is actually going on there? Like we might need to dig more deeply in that, but just even making the decision that like, I don't know where this came from, but I can see that it might be holding me back and I'm deciding that I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to interrupt this pattern. I don't care where it came from. Just that decision alone can be really powerful. Mm. And so when you're trying to figure out like, look, who authentically am I even like that can be kind of a triggering question for some people who are like, well, what does authenticity even mean? This term is being thrown around kind of willy nilly now. And it's, I think even being misused a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know what I mean? I don't know how to quite put words to it, but just like a feeling of like, ick around it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, who are you? It's like, well, you can start with little things. Like, well, as a child, like, what were things that you really enjoyed doing? And you might start with going like, oh, I really loved like playing with my pet. Mm. And oh, I really loved drawing. I just loved digging in the dirt with no purpose whatsoever. Like, okay. So that's part of what we can identify with is like, who is your inner child? They're still in there. How can we really nourish that inner child. So doing things that are fun and playful and feel good to start with. And then you start to notice like, what sensations do I feel in my body when I'm like really into this activity? I'm feeling joyful. I'm feeling playful. Where do I notice that in my body? As I'm doing this, am I feeling really connected with, you know, the earth, with this animal, with another person that I am playing with? And what am I thinking to myself? What am I saying to myself as I'm doing these things? 
and then you're starting to see this cohesiveness of the, the four bodies all coming together. So inner child work can be really, really therapeutic and it doesn't have to be complicated. And then looking at like, well, what is, what are my desires? Like, what are things that I actually really, really, really want? And have I allowed myself to actually say that I want them? Or have I been so fearful of like, well, if I say that I want them and then I don't get them, am I a failure? Like, what if we just were allowed to trust that our desires were placed in our hearts because they're ours and that's it. We don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about how they're going to come about. We can just be allowed to want them and then see how, how our patterns kind of change to get us closer to those. Oh, those are such big things, such big things. And that piece about like, we can actually just want them. We don't have to figure out how we're going to get them. I feel like it's kind of this symptom of our current way of doing things in our society as well, because we you know, we have so much pressure on us to have this image and this status and these things. And, and also to, to take so much action around our wants and desires. And there's something actually really beautiful about, like you said, even the inner child dreaming, right. Dreaming and envisioning and, and really savoring that process, even storytelling, it's something that's kind of been lost in the current way we do things, but how beautiful to imagine and play with that because the other side of it is so many times, you know, somebody can say like, what do you really want? And for a lot of us, it's like, what do I really want? I don't know what I really want. So you start small. Do I want coffee? Do I want tea? Oh, it's really hot outside. Do I want a popsicle? Do I want a smoothie? Like you start with the really small things because sometimes if we've been very conditioned and we're starting to like dissolve that conditioning, there can be a lot of anxiety around that. So just start with the really little things that feel like, well, I don't know, like, why would that make a difference? Like it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And even day to day, like with my patients who are coming in with their fertility checklist and they want me to just tell them like, what supplements do you want me to take? Like, well, based on your labs, I might say this, but ultimately like you're the boss. How does this feel to you? And there might be some days that you're like, I just don't feel like taking my supplements today. I would encourage someone to really listen to that instead of going like, oh, my doctor told me to do this. So I have to do it. Mm. Start with things that seem relatively small. And the bigger desires, the bigger goals will start to come through too. Mm. It'll start to feel safer to dream as you really connect with yourself and listen to your body, become aware of your thoughts, honor your feelings. Those will guide you. Mm. Yes. And so then with fertility, how if we step into this, how can this impact fertility? So we create more harmony in the body. So when we start thinking thoughts that are true to us and, and we start listening to those thoughts and being aware of those thoughts, we can start to change them. So if your consistent thinking has been nothing works for me, 
you say, okay, that may have been your lived experience so, so far. But if we can implement some practices to build awareness of the thoughts and start to change the thoughts, like, okay, what would be a different thought that feels better? Be like, I haven't found it yet. I'm working on it. I am learning to be a person who things work out well for. And we start to bridge those thoughts to have better thoughts. And then our beliefs start to shift. And that changes the chemical signaling in the body. And that changes the function of the cells. And that changes the function of the organs. So it can take a little bit of time, but it can also happen quickly when someone has the right resources. And that's really important when it comes to fertility, because a lot of people have been thinking that nothing works for me. I've tried it all. Well, if that is what you think, and that is what you believe, then it will continue to be that way. If we can get really honest about, yeah, this sucks. Like I believe that nothing works for me and I'd like to feel differently, be authentic about, yeah, this is hard and I want it to be different then we can start to use the resources to change that. Yes, yes. And with those practices, I, I feel like it's really powerful to have grace with yourself and, yeah. and have self-compassion because it may not be easy in the beginning to, yeah. to shift that behavior and those beliefs and giving yourself time, giving yourself grace. And I, I love that you mentioned this earlier, having support with that, because we aren't again, like we're just, we're designed to be in nature. We're designed for a number of things. We're designed for community. We're designed yes. for guidance. We're designed to be held by our sisters and our mothers and our mentors. And so I feel like we, we really can benefit from having that help and that guidance. Yeah, it's so true. We're not meant to be an island. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're not. And so if someone is struggling to know, like, well, where do I find that community that is going to help me through this? You can start by setting the intention of I am ready to find this. You may be surprised at how the universe will put things in your path and discover the, the community that is going to serve you best. Um, I know that's been true for me when I put it out there. I'm like, gosh, I'm feeling so stuck. I don't know what to do, but like, I know I want help with this and I know I want change. Those options have been presented to me. So you, you may have listeners who feel like they're just out of options. They don't have any options. They don't know where to look next. And just getting very curious, asking for help and saying like, okay, universe, like I'm ready. Put something in my path. Yeah. Yeah. That, even that, this, or, you know, surrender, it might not be everybody's favorite word, but it is a really powerful concept to, <sighs> not have it all on your shoulders. Yes. We, we were not meant to do life alone. And when life, life's really hard, it, that can be the times when it feels most isolating and feels most uncomfortable to ask for help. Yeah. And I mean, heck you guys, I'm here. So if you need help, reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And if I'm not the best person for you, I can direct you towards someone who might be. And that is the also wonderful thing about connection is there is someone out there for everyone. Yeah. Whether that be, you know, love or therapy or workspace or whatever, like trust that if you want something to change, it can change. Mm. You have to be willing for that to happen and change can feel uncomfortable because your, your brain, even if you're in a miserable state, your brain is like, yeah, but I know this misery. I'm just going to hang out here because, you know, that's the known entity. And sometimes change can be scary for the brain. And so it will fight. It'll be, it'll fight to stay the same. Yeah. Whereas oh our souls God. are like, I'm trying to break out of this. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. And you touch on something really important because for a lot of women, I mean, this is kind of what we, we touched on is we, there is some badge of honor like that we have where the harder we work, we like, it feels like if we work really hard, if we do it all, if we sacrifice ourselves and we become a martyr, we get this badge of honor, but there is no badge of honor. There's no award, right? There's nothing there, but, but a disconnect disharmony and, and really a disservice to your purpose, to your soul, to like this, 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 vibration that we're talking about that you have the potential to, to rise to, and it's, it's there. It's not that you're lacking it. It's this, these rules that we've set or that have been set for us. And there is so much shame in asking for help because of that. There's so much shame in, in delegating and even there's shame in setting boundaries. We have so much shame around that. And, and a lot of, I know personally, I've had health challenges in the past because of not being able to set boundaries because I was under the belief that it was selfish and I didn't want to mm-hmm. be selfish. Right. So there's a lot of layers there. Oh, there are. And th- the work is never finished. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> it starts to get lighter. It starts to get faster, but it's never finished. As soon as you've peeled back one layer, you're like, Oh, there's that other one. That's cool. (laughs) Hey there. (laughs) It does. It does get easier and it does get lighter, but even just the awareness, like that self-awareness is so important to have cultivated. And that's part of, you know, the emotional body too, Mm -hmm. to have honored that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Women, especially I think benefit from bringing into balance the spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical bodies, because we, we are the leaders that are going to change the world here. And I know it may not feel that way with the direction that, um, our current environment is sitting. And yet like we're the ones who are birthing people ideas. We are the ones who are probably going to make the biggest shift here in the next couple generations. So wherever we can help women step into their power, ask for help, connect to others, not only are we going to see a shift in fertility potential, but we're going to see a big shift in these global energetics too. Mm, I love that. All right. So I think that's a beautiful 
place to just dive into the three questions that we ask all of our guests. And because you've been here before, we'll ask some new questions, something, oh, something different, something fun. So the first question I'd love to ask is what is one message that you just would like everyone to know? There's, there's no one path to any destination. So learning to tune into your own intuition is going to be the most important way to cultivate your own path. Mm. Beautiful. And the second question today is what is your current favorite new thing you've discovered new product, new practice, what is uh, alive for you right now? Well, seeing as how I, you know, I've finally finished my certification in hypnotherapy and quantum time technique, like I am just so fired up about it because I see the potential to rapidly transform these beliefs and in working with, you know, the clients so far that I've had, it has just been so incredible to see these old patterns and being shed quickly. And, you know, it doesn't always feel easy in the moment as you're coming to these realizations, but shedding these bricks that we've been carrying around in our life backpack is, it's really, really incredible. So that's what I'm really excited about. Oh, that sounds amazing. And if you're curious, where can people find you? Um, I spend most of my social media energy on Instagram. So that's the best way to connect with me. You can also go to my website, drkatierose.com and you can fill out the contact form there if you have a question or you want to connect with me. Amazing. We'll leave all the links below. Thank you so much for joining us again. This was absolutely incredible and so, so powerful. Thank you so much for having me. I continue to just love your podcast. So keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.